Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this young lady back, a member of the family. You see her on Newsmax. You read everything she does on the Daily Caller. Soon to have a Substack, and her own podcast is awesome. It's Kay Smythe. Kay, how are you? Good to see you. I'm great, Joe. How are you doing today? Uh, you are great. I'm doing well. I appreciate you asking. Last week, the social media blew up. Where the hell's Kay? What's going on with Kay? I'm glad to have you back this way. I know it's been a busy time for you. You had a death in the family. You've got other people getting married. So God bless you for, for making time for us today. But it's got to feel good when you go on Twitter and somebody says, Where the hell's Kay? It did. And it was kind yeah, last week was chaos. I thought Sunday was Monday and then my great uncle died. I mean, it, it was sudden, but not sudden, you know, just sort of one of those. Um, it was pandemonium. And so to see people come out on social media and say, where's Kay? I've never had that happen before. And it <laughs> felt incredible. Like You think about the number of things that I do on a regular basis. Yeah. And no, it's the Joe Pags show and the Pags listeners who are the first people to be like, where are you? We miss you. You should have seen like, them yeah, in the chat room. This is my family. This you know, is my family right on here. On the video chat room, people are like, okay, where's Kay? So what's up with Kay? Is Kay okay? I'm like, shut up. She'll be back. It'll, it'll be fine. No, I'm glad that they missed you because having you back is just that much special, much more special. So um, Elon Musk and you, I guess, had a run-in on Twitter, a bit of a run-in because he was commenting on a story that you wrote and then you commented back. What is this story? First of all, am I really going to be a right-wing extremist if I go back and, and watch some movie? Uh, Lord of the Rings or something? Fill me in. Well, like in this day and age, uh, I guess if you're in Britain, sure. Uh, No, so the story that Musk was commenting on was essentially about a series of reports that came out from an anti-terror government organization in the UK that basically asked this far leftist group to help them define modern day extremism um, and sort okay, of you know, terrorist led extremism. Wait a second. Wait a second. So they asked the left wing group who they find to be the terrorists? Well, they're going to say anybody who doesn't agree with them, right? Exactly. And that's exactly what this report stated. And so my editor um, over at the Daily Caller, Grayson, he was the one who sent me the story. He was like, I really want you to do an editorial on this. So that's what I did. I did an editorial and I basically summed up what the report said. Um, I quoted a couple of other writers who I thought had said really interesting things about it. And then my own analysis was essentially, well, obviously there's going to be bias in this report because you're using a source that has extreme biases, but you're also completely negating all of the actual modern day mild domestic terrorism that's been caused in the UK by far less by far leftist groups. You know, I'm talking about like the shutting down of roads, um, gluing yourselves to paintings and stuff in the British like museum. No, that's normal. The right wing stuff is the abnormal stuff. What you yeah, just said so is normal. Right wing yeah. people who like I don't know about you, Joe, but I consider myself fairly right wing under current definition. What do you think? I, I, think um, I, I see myself. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. What do you What do you reckon? Um, <laughs> But no, it's just it was just the most ridiculous thing. And I'm going to be honest with you, Joe, and this happens all the time. 
it was kind of a whatever story to me. I wasn't even going to write it. I was just tired at the end of the day. I had hit my quota for the day and Grayson sent it over to me and he was just like, just, just say what you think and feel. And that's all I really did. I don't even think I proofread it before I filed it <laughs> to my editors. I think I just did like a grammar spell check and I was like, oh, that'll do. There's no red squiggly lines. And then I guess some account screenshot the, um, like the headline. I hate on that. It. Let Cut me just say this. Me, I hate that. I yeah. hate that. Why can't they just retweet it? You know, some people will take my entire tweet and then say, Joe talk show just tweeted this. No, just retweet it. There's a retweet button. Retweet it. So, all right. So that's how Elon Musk saw the headline. Yes. And he commented saying like, this can't be real. And I can't remember what day it was. It was like Thursday or Friday night. I want to say, and it must've been Friday night. And John and I, were, I had to get up early the next morning to do Newsmax. I, as you know very well, Joe, as soon as I'm done with work for the day, my phone goes on it the goes bookshelf. On, it and goes I on do not disturb. It. it goes on do not, yeah. you cannot get a hold of K. Smythe after like 4.30 p.m. <laughs> well, I get up at like 6, so you can right, call okay. me from 6 to 4.30. It's pretty good. Right. And, you know, if I've got stuff scheduled, I'll try and be there. But, um... Yeah, so I, you know, I just happened to look at my phone, which I never do. Uh, and then Grayson was like, hey, man, check this out. And yeah, there I was. Elon Musk's like blowing up the story. And then someone else with a huge following retweeted it again today. Nice. Um, so I think it's like a pretty important story, you know, that there are the, these, you know, influential governmental organizations who are going through to the trouble of cultivating propaganda now to sort of drip feed more of this idea that yeah. conservatives are extremists for favoring, you know, individualism, um, for favoring uh, the sustainability of an American society from a non-globalized perspective. Like, isn't it wild that there are people out here who don't want China actually taking over the country? Imagine oh, it that. must be a domestic terrorist for thinking let me, that. Let me ask you this. It's K-Smythe, by the way. Go to at K-Smythe on all the social media. Go to K-Smythe.com as well. Look for her on Newsmax and read everything she does in the Daily Caller. When you saw that somebody screenshot it like an idiot instead of instead of retweeting it, did you at least, when you said, I wrote that, did you attach the actual article? I hope so. Absolutely. Good. Oh, yeah. That was the first thing I did. I was because, like, I mean, yeah, about, story, he, bro. he wasn't believing it. So I, I hope that he went back and he read your actual story. And, and I, I like when he jumps into the, I can't get him to comment. Uh, I, he commented once on something I said, but he hasn't commented again. I like when he just sort of stream of consciousness will jump in and do that. Hopefully he read your story because now he knows, A, it's true. And B, he now knows who who K. Smythe is. Not that he didn't already. He probably already knew, right? Oh, psh, no way. Of course he did. No way. It no. is it is uh, the aforementioned K. Smythe. Uh, what is this? Flooding snow, ice damages, California videos. Well, uh, yes. So you got videos that you wrote about on the Daily Caller. There are ice storms happening in California? We got hail. We got snow. We got flooding. We got very, very, very strong winds. Uh, what else we got? Oh, we just got all the weather. California is getting all the weather right now. Joe, I lived in California for seven years before I moved to North Carolina a couple of years ago. And I think the coldest it ever got was one time up in the desert. It maybe went down to like 32 degrees. Right. Uh, that is the coldest I ever knew it to be. And then, yeah, I saw a video on Thursday or Friday of uh, hail in Venice Beach, like two blocks from where I used to live, right wow. by the sort of famous Venice Beach sign. We had snow and flurries coming over um, over the Hollywood sign. 
Now, I, I understand having lived in California that most of the rest of the country doesn't actually care about California. Um, but here's why I think, again, people should care. We've talked about this, about uh, my weather stories and things like that before. You know, an extreme weather event or a series of extreme weather events, which is essentially what we've seen across the entire country, essentially, since around Christmas time, it's just been back to back extreme storms and very out of the norm weather for this time of year, right. um, at least for what we're used to right now. Don't worry, this isn't a climate change rant. When I say that it's a concern that it's out of the norm is that basically we prepare only about a year in advance for the food and the resources that we will manage for the year ahead. You know, we're only three meals or three days, six meals, I think, away from total civilization collapse, which is kind of a crazy statistic to think right. about it. And when we see these extreme weather events coming back after back, just honestly, Joe, it's I'm amazed more people haven't died at this point. I think the death toll at this point is only hovering around the sort of 150 to 200 mark for storms this year, which is very low compared yeah. to what it could have been. Um, but thankfully the NWS and, you know, NOAA, they've been out there warning people about it. Um, you know, stay inside, don't travel. It's just not worth it. Um, but this is going to have a real impact on resources as we move through the rest of this year. And it's the same thing I've said a million times. I just really, everyone who's listening today, go home and figure out a way to grow at least a little bit of veg in your own home, figure out the closest place for you to buy other food products, mostly like meat, dairy, things like that, your key staples that you need just to survive, not to enjoy, just literally to survive. L let me ask because you something that you might not know the answer to, but you, you'll give me an opinion because you're great at opinion as well. Um, how did they possibly get us to stop growing our own food? We just don't anymore. We don't. We just rely on the store down the road. And you're right. If the store shelves were empty, we're screwed. Look what happened when everybody went out and got all the toilet paper. We're all freaking out. Where the hell is all the toilet paper? We just don't do anything for ourselves anymore. I love the advice to, to grow a garden, to, to grow your own food a little bit. But how do you think, just in your, your opinion, how did they globally get us to stop taking care of ourselves, even our most basic needs? There was an incredible shift in the last hundred years away from what I would call a localized social capital right. to a globalized social capital. So with the sort of like proliferation of city dwellings, um, with the sort of growth of international news and the media, what we see sort of in conjunction with that is the separation of people gaining their social capital from their sustainability and survivability as a family more towards the material objects that they own and how they present themselves to the rest of society. So like for me personally, Joe, the things that I find impressive are when people can sustain themselves from literally just their own little backyard. I'm perpetually impressed when people concern themselves with water management. I think that's something that's very, very, very underlooked um, as well as food, obviously. Um, what does not impress me is having new clothes. I don't really care where you went for dinner last night, mostly because John <laughs> cooked better than most restaurants, so I'll give him that. Nice. But we've shifted away from survivability to this sort of grotesque obsession with greed and status. And, you know, in sort of hand in hand with that, and not through any specific person's fault, although I do blame the old JP Morgan for most of what's wrong with the world right now. Okay. Um, but that's for a different show. Right. Um, but what we've seen is this sort of 
very easy means of getting people to give up everything that they need to stay safe, to stay safe and alive. And then a small minority profiting off that um, in a completely unregulated manner. It's like, it's, it's like we gladly gave it up. And I just want to I want to make one point of, of exception that I have with what you just said. It's not just in, in the rural areas that you can do this. I mean, 100 years ago in New York City, they were canning their own fruits and vegetables and and sauces. They were making their own sausage in the kitchen. They were literally doing all these things, even in the urban areas. So again, they somehow, and I think it was a policy that they planned on, obviously, if you control the food, you control the people. They made us stop providing for ourselves. And I'll, I'll be the first, I, I don't grow anything. I should, but I don't. And, and I, it's scary to think, okay, if they shut off that spigot, we're all done. Oh, and I, I, overnight, like the FDA is one of the greatest domestic terrorist organizations just waiting to emerge, I guess. Like, I don't think they are a domestic terrorist organization now, but they will be just because they can't actually do anything and right. they haven't actually done anything to protect us. Actually, the FDA has done more to harm the human body and done more to help Big Pharma than any other governmental agency that's ever existed. I mean, I am so sick of the propaganda around, say, even just like the opioid crisis. Oh, like Purdue Pharma got it like through the door and they like legalized uh, OxyContin by like all these like stringing. No, no, it was internal corruption and total mismanagement, which is another reason why I don't support nuclear energy. Not because it doesn't work. It works. Because food standards do work, but it's run by unsustainable people just their brains that knowledge is just not sustainable and corruption is just so rife at this point joe right. well i mean well, well, well pfizer just said, pfizer just admitted it pfizer yeah. said it's a revolving door between the government and big pharma and big pharma and the government if you're not in the government department you're working in big pharma or vice versa and, and that's true so let me let me end with this we got a couple of minutes on this we're not gonna get to the last story we'll do it next time um, did you see Saturday Night Live on Saturday? Did you see the Woody Harrelson open? I actually did. I, I, did. Don't, I don't watch Saturday Night Live anymore. I stopped watching it when, it when it went woke. But I saw this the part of the monologue that the audience was afraid to even clap about where Woody Harrelson nails it. And he basically just talked about what you and I just talked about. And he said that he was offered a script, which he wasn't, but it was a great story that he told, um, where it was about the two largest drug cartels on the planet um, somehow pay everybody off, including the media, including the government, including everybody, and somehow get the government to force the residents to take their drugs. That'd be ridiculous, wouldn't it? And literally, that's what's happening, and the audience wasn't sure. It's almost like they were looking around, do we laugh or not? Because what he just said is verifiably true. Now, they're trying to cancel him today because of that, but he just nailed exactly what you were talking about. This is Big Pharma infiltrating everything in order to sell a product. It would be like me paying off the government and all the media to make people listen to the Joe Pag show. It's not any different other than my show won't harm you and Big Pharma can. Exactly. I think you just absolutely nailed it. And no, I thought the Woody Harrelson uh, opening monologue. I mean, look, I love Woody Harrelson because he's just like me. He's a redneck hippie. Um, <laughs> I'm not redneck. I can't claim that. I don't have that title yet. Maybe once I've, you know, lived here for a little bit longer Soon and enough. have a couple of redneck kids, you yes. know, all the boys are going to have mullets. We, we've already just, well, I've, I've decided that. Come on. Um, but no, I come from like, you know, I come from a blue collar coal mining town and my ancestors were like gypsies. And all I know about my great grandfather is that he didn't go to prison. Nice. So there's like the one half of me where I go all out conservative. And then there's the other half that's still, you know, to a certain degree, like, 
actually we we don't necessarily need to worry about climate change, but we do need to worry about our own sustainability. And so for him to come up and to actually show what I think is honestly, I, I, I think that's his witness, right? You know, yes. we were put here on earth for God to witness this moment in history. And he just said to all of us what he has witnessed out loud on one of the biggest stages in the country. Now, right. I just wish that SNL was relevant anywhere else in the world so more people would have seen it and listened to it. Well, I think um, I mean, millions have seen the, yeah. the, the video of that short segment. What I like about him, what I like about what Dave Chappelle did on Saturday Night Live is they do a rehearsal show, a full show, before they do the actual show, and I'm sure he changed his monologue, just like Dave Chappelle did before him, because uh, had he done that monologue in the... In the, in the um, the the show the show before the show I think Lauren Michaels that's who it is right Lauren Michaels yeah, I think Lauren yeah, Michaels, uh, yeah I think that he would have said you can't do that so I'm glad that he did it I'm glad he did it live and I'm actually pleased that the audience didn't clap because that showed me how indoctrinated we still are and that we have to keep on working on it it's Casemite go to Casemite.com read everything she does in the Daily Caller we're not going to get into the archaeology news but we will next time um I just I wanted your thoughts on that as somebody who's a different generation than I am. As I watched it, I was proud of him. I just wondered if you were too, and it sounds like you are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And also, oh, we'll talk about this another time. I may have some inside gossip that SNL might be going a little bit more right-wing than oh, it has been for a while. Nice tea. That's big-time broadcast tease right there. <laughs> Kay, Kay, thank you. Go, go to CaseMinds.com. We appreciate you, Kay. Thank you. Thank you. All right, talk soon. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is The Joe Pag Show. Great to have you. Thanks. I appreciate you stopping by. I'm trying to think about some parody ideas with the cackle of uh, one Kamala Harris. Make sure you stop by JoePags.com. Click on that button that says watch. It could be a, a, a drop-down menu because if you're on mobile, that's what it does. Or it's just right there on the website if you go to the website. That'll take you right to the videos. you see all the interviews. you you see all the parodies. We post all of our videos up on Rumble, and that is the link to get you there. JoePags.com. Click on watch. Do some pop culture. Whoop. Dirty pop. Tabitha Polo. So have you seen this uh, story regarding the King Charles coronation? I have not. What happened? So I guess they're trying to find acts to perform, and they're having a lot of trouble. Um, Why? I, I, most of them, I guess, are claiming that I guess it's scheduling conflicts because they're touring or whatever. But they've reached out to the Spice Girls, Harry Styles, Sir Elton John, I think even Ed Sheeran and Adele, and they've all said that they, they couldn't do it. So, Dude, this happens so rarely. That's nuts. Yeah, and and the funny thing is, one of the people that they have on the list that, that could do it and would do it is Lionel Richie. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's Polo. That's yeah. Sam. That's Carrie. I'm Joe Sam. This is the Joe Pegg Show.